You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Choosing Jesus. Enjoy. Wow, yes. Let's appreciate them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow, I, there I am. <laughs> uh, you're awesome, by the way, Mr. Bosco. I love you. <laughs> I uh, have not been influenced by anyone more uh, greatly than him, <laughs> and that seems to make sense since we've spent so much time together, but I don't take the years for granted or think that just because we've been together a long time, that that just naturally happens. He has uh, poured so much of his time with the Lord into me. Um, the Bible talks about husbands washing your wives with the water of the word, and he is faithful to do that. And so much of what I'm living and walking today is uh, because of what God has done through that relationship, and I'm just so thankful for my husband. All right. <laughs> so good. It is Mother's Day, and I don't know about this clean house stuff, because I made such a mess trying to look this good this morning. So <laughs> I mean, the makeup was left out. Uh, I just got back from a conference with my the three daughters, and the bag's not unpacked. I slept like three hours in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. The bed was just like, I was all over it. It was just, I, so yeah, I don't know about the clean house thing. We'll get to that later. <laughs> oh, man. And I have to just share uh, a big mom fail uh, that I just had. Anybody, anybody have a record mom fail that they're like, yeah, I never want to tell that story? Yeah, well, I had a, I had a, I don't know if it was record, but I had a mom fail just a couple days ago. It was, uh, we were at a conference, as I said, up at um, Pastor Jonathan and Pastor Verna's church. Um, Jen Tringale ministered there, so we got to see her for a little bit. But uh, during uh, break time, they said, Mom, we want to take you out for lunch for Mother's Day, and we're going to pay and I said, oh, this is so nice. Oh, girls, how wonderful. And uh, so I, they said, any, any place you want to go, you pick. Now, in our family, <laughs> we have uh, in our history an inordinate amount of trips to Wendy's. And I was, I don't want any more of those. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes we'll be ministering somewhere late, and it's like the only place open, or it has options. It has salads and stuff and different chicken, and so we're known to frequent Wendy's a lot, <laughs> and I was not looking for Wendy's, so I decided that I would take my girls, lead my girls on an adventure, and that we would look for a Vietnamese Thai restaurant. Yeah. 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 Because usually, you know, it's not going to happen. But I said, we're going to do this. So we end up going to this restaurant, and we order what we have had in other places and, uh, and expecting it to come out. Well, it did not come out as we expected. 
And I felt so crazy, because here I was wanting to lead an ad- the girls on this lovely adventure, and it just turned out to be a total mom fail. <laughs> so we ended up sending up two, ma- uh, two of the meals back. I ate one, and uh, yeah, we'll never be going back there again. So I said, I, my intention was to broaden your horizons and, and just give you, expose you to culture and try these different things. And I said, we'll shut that back down for now. So we'll do that another time. So yeah, things we plan don't always work out, right, moms? (laughs) Things we dream and imagine aren't always the way they happen, right? What is that? Reality and what is that thing they do? Expectation versus reality. That's a social media thing. You guys can Pinterest in real life, right? Oh my goodness, it's so good to be here today. I, I love this day, I'm thankful for what the Lord has done. I didn't ever grow up imagining that I would be a mom. Some girls grow up and they can't wait to be a mom. I wasn't one of those necessarily. I didn't know uh, that I would have four kids. I never dreamed that I would have four of them, but I have been so richly blessed by the Lord and uh, all to my surprise and uh, right off the bat I want to say God just has nothing but good things for you and let that be your expectation from him our hope is in the Lord and our expectation is from him hallelujah so I have been so blessed and I just want to thank the Lord in front of all of you because I couldn't have figured all this out. Uh, how I have the amazing children that I have is just a blessing from God, and we're thankful this morning. Let's pray together, and then we'll get into the word. Father, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for this gathering of people that are here today. Uh, this group has never gathered before on this day. And this is a time that you have ordained. This is a time that you have foreseen and a time that you have made provision for. And we just acknowledge you in this moment that even our being together in this place is a grace from you. And we thank you for it, Lord. We thank you for your richness toward us. You are rich in mercy and abounding in love. And we just thank you for that uh, real presence of mercy and of love in this place this morning. And we just thank you, Father, for opening our ears. We attune right now our ears to hear what you have to say. And we open our hearts to receive words from heaven, Father. We thank you for what you're about to do, and we honor you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So uh, I'm going to start by just kind of, I thought, what are we going to do here this morning? There's so many ways to go. And uh, first, right off the bat, I want to make sure that everybody knows that as women, uh, we have within us, uh, given by God, a nurturing nature, one that cares for others, that wants to comfort others. I was saying the other day, if anybody has kids and maybe saw years ago a show 
called Lazy Town. There's a superhero. Anybody know Lazy Town? You kids know? Yes, the kids know Lazy Town. Lazy Town, uh, there's a hero who keeps everybody from being lazy. There's a villain who wants everybody to eat candy and uh, just lay around and play video games all day. And then there's the hero, Sporticus, who wants to come and get everybody active. Well, this show was, I think, a Nickelodeon show. Is that right, guys? Okay. We don't have Nickelodeon. We saw it some other way. But uh, anytime someone was getting lazy or being tempted with candy or something crazy in Lazy Town, Sporticus was the hero. And Sporticus, not Spartacus, Sporticus. And uh, he called apples and bananas and fruits sports candy. Mike, you'd love this show. Yeah, come on. You would love this show. Mike and Rachel, yeah. Get ready, Zoe. You'll be watching this <laughs> in, a few, in a few years. But anytime someone was being tempted, his little Sporticus symbol would light up. And he's like, what is he, Swedish or Finnish? I don't know. It was, it was Greenland, Iceland, Icelandic. He's somewhere up in that region. And he would say, when his light would come up, he'd say, someone's in trouble. Someone's in trouble. And then he'd you know, do aerobic flips and gymnastics and save the day. <laughs> so, but as a mom, we're kind of like that, where there's something on the inside. As soon as we hear a baby cry, we're like, someone's in trouble. <laughs> it doesn't even have to be our baby. Am I, come on, Rachel. Rachel's amen. But it doesn't even have to be our baby. We hear a baby cry and boom, someone's in trouble. And we're ready to like, you know, do the mom sway, am I right? Uh-huh, everybody knows the mom sway. The bounce and the sway? Every, who does the bounce and the sway? Rachel, are you a bounce and sway? Yeah, so we just snap right into action because God has made us that way. And I want to say to us this morning as women to uh, uh, not, not try to um, squelch that or put that down, uh, for the sake of uh, being strong or for the sake of being someone that some, somebody is trying to uh, make you think you need to be something else, that soft is bad, that strong is good. Um, I want you to embrace how God has made us. He truly has made male and female, and he's made them differently. And uh, we function in those different ways. And so I, don't, I want you to embrace today what God has put in you as women. And then I further want to say that even if you are not yet a mom, that nature we recognize is still inside of you. And that is a God-given thing. And it's not wasted, maybe if you don't yet have a child, it's still to be activated and to be used. So even if you are without children, or maybe you've never been married, or maybe you just haven't, had a child yet to this point or maybe you're young and not yet married and it's coming in the future it's good to practice that to let that thing flow to let that thing flow in the direction of others because God has placed it in there by his design to be a reflection and a representation of himself and so by not squelching it not um, hiding it not thinking, well, it's wasted because it's not my time to be a mom. All of that does a disservice to others 
when you don't operate in that which God has given you. So even today, maybe you're, you've lost a child to miscarriage. Maybe you've just not been able to conceive thus far. I want you to know, don't turn that off. Don't put that away. Don't pack it in a closet because you think it's not for you. It is. God has put it in you, and you use that to be a reflection of him in the lives of others. So I want you to be encouraged in that this morning. And I want to look at some women in particular in the scripture this morning. I want to start, and I hope you can help me. I'm just going to be two versions this morning, girls in the back, the Weiss translation and the Phillips translation. I don't know if you have those. I'm gonna, I said I'm going to go all Gloria Copeland on us this morning. I've got more than one book up here. She does that. She'll pull out like five Bibles all around her and start to minister. Um, I don't have a laptop. I don't. I use paper and pencil. <laughs> Alan, you like that? I know. Yes. <laughs> it saved his day and weeks and months recently. So I'm going to go with that this morning. But we're going to look at Luke chapter 8. There are uh, two women or two groups of women that I want to look at in particular. Luke chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 in the Phillips translation. You girls have that? You can give me a thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, awesome. That's good. They got it. Okay, so I'm just going to turn and read it then with you. It says, uh, now it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village that's Jesus, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him. We all know that's the 12 apostles, 12 disciples. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, who, out of whom had come seven demons. Don't go forward yet. So not, we always hear about the 12 disciples, but do you realize that there were women that also were equally as close to Jesus and following his ministry and hearing what he was saying to the disciples? They were hearing the same thing, but not just any women. These were women who previously had had demons, had had infirmities. They weren't polished and pretty <laughs> and uh, ready, ready for the job. They were in a, in a way themselves. And after having come to Jesus and having been delivered, uh, they came and served him and were among him just like the 12 disciples. And uh, I always find it funny, and I grew up this way. It was always, uh, it, I thought it was strange to find men in the Bible because we, or to find women in the Bible because always there was the emphasis on men. But there are equally as many women <laughs> in the scriptures as there are men. So maybe you need to dismantle that today. I know I did. That I just, it was always the men, 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 the men. And then it was special if you went to the bookstore and got a book on the women of the Bible. <laughs> and there they all were, 10 of them, <laughs> in one condensed little book. No, they're all throughout the scriptures. And so if you as a woman are looking at the scripture and can't find yourself, go to Luke, that's where we are now. Um, Luke particularly gives a lot of accounts of the women that were involved with Jesus. And so here we see they were had demons, seven demons, evil spirits, infirmities, weaknesses, sicknesses. They were delivered. 
and made ready to serve and get and, and be with Jesus. Let's go to verse three. It says, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, I guess, Herod's steward. So we got Mary, we got Joanna, and Susanna, and many, many others, many other women. And what did they do? They provided for him from their substance. Now, I want to read that in the Phillips translation. That was New King James. I just have to turn there real quick. It says there, it says um, that all these, they list the women, many others who, and this is what they did, used to look after Jesus. They used to look after Jesus and his companions' comfort from their own resources. I love that. So they had been possessed by devils, Jesus delivers them. They come into their right mind, which is possible for anyone. None of you are beyond the possibility of being delivered. You may have been facing demons. You may have things in your life that have seemed to have had a stronghold on you, but it doesn't matter. Look what we have here. We have women who were changed, delivered, and then not only that, they had stuff. These women had stuff. Stuff that was theirs from which they could minister to Jesus. And I love how it says that they looked after Jesus' comfort. Wow. What an honor. What an honor. So I thought about that, and I said, you know what? This is a good thing to aim for, ladies, that we would be women who would look after Jesus being comfortable. So... Here we are, and I said, I have this great, this wonderful husband. I have these great children, and I have lots of others in my life, Amber, Dylan, um, who, who just come alongside our family and uh, have been uh, kind of like adopted children into the house, you know, and uh, it's just been wonderful. There are others that you can pour into, just as an example. But I said, how did this all happen? And I thought, I better, I think I'll just share this morning lest you think it's me and my wonderful uh, knowledge, and I don't know. Uh, it's not. It's been uh, following after the Lord and watching him develop these things. And so I said, let's just talk about that. How did, how did, how did this come about? How do we have, how do Pastor Joseph and I have the kids that we have? And I thought that would be a good thing to share this morning. So as he said right before, the first thing we did individually before we ever met one another decide just this that we would look after Jesus's comfort that we would make what's important to Jesus important to us that everything that we do would be done for him and I thought okay it's that that's may not be common I think that you, there are people who come to church um, but Monday through Friday which we've been talking about in calling right if you've been in the get-togethers it's what we do Monday through Friday that reflects our calling we're part not just Sunday um, although we stand here on Sunday Joseph said it's not the stage it's not the platform it's the Monday through Friday um, where our calling is walked out and so that Monday through Friday I want to challenge us to make that decision that whatever we do when we wake up in the morning, we're doing it for the Lord. When we cook breakfast, we're not doing it for the kids, we're doing it for the Lord. Um, when the doorbell rings and someone has a question or is lost, that we answer it, we do what we do as unto the Lord and not unto men, the scripture says. 
Um, so at age 11, anybody 11 in here? Let me see. Anybody? Not, no? Grace, you're a little older than that, right? 12? Yeah, so about your age. Um, at I had grown up in a church, and at age 11, I knew that it was time to make a decision. Everybody, and I've told this story probably before, but some of you may be new to it. Uh, lots of people were making the decision to follow Christ because that's what the church program led this particular age group through. So once you got a particular age, it was time to now, you know, in my church, be baptized and be, to be saved is what it was when I was growing up which we know not to be scripturally sound. But um, so, so, and I had been at age eight, I had prayed the prayer of salvation with the Baptist school. So I got that part covered and now I was at an age where it was time to get baptized. But I didn't want to do it just because everybody else was doing it. So I refrained. All my other friends were getting baptized and so exciting. And I stepped back and said, I I don't want to do this as a, as part of a group, I got to understand this. And it wasn't until age 11, almost 12, like you, Grace, that um, I knew that the Lord was saying to me um, and challenging me, who else is going to love you like I love you? Who else is going to love you like I love you? And I knew it. I was like, <laughs> nobody, nobody's going to do for me what you have done for me, Jesus. And so that was my time. That was my decision at age 11 that I would follow Christ. I knew. I, I knew him witnessing, saying to me, this, I'm it. I'm what you're looking for. And I agreed. And so I knew he's extraordinary. He's extraordinary. This love is beyond anything we'll ever know, see, or experience here no relationship, no husband, no wife. The love that the Father has for us is, is a divine love, and it's unique, and it's extraordinary. And by that time in my life, I knew there's nothing, nothing like this Jesus. And so I knew that I would do in response to this great, extraordinary love that I would then give my life to him. And I want to say to you, maybe today is the first day that, you're, that you've ever thought that way. I know a lot of people who would go to church, grow up in church, and they are, <laughs> what John Gray said this week, they're church saved. Anybody see that? But they're not saved saved. <laughs> they're church saved. They get the culture. They get the language. They get the rigmarole and what to do. They, they get the whole thing. But they, don't, they haven't done what I had to choose at age 11 because of the urgency of what the Spirit of God was saying on the inside of me, that I, I love you like no other can love you, and will you respond to that? And so I thank God that he led me in that way and met me in that way. And so that was a moment where I said, okay, this is it. We're doing it. Everybody else did it a couple years ago. I'm on board. I'm all in. And then again, at age 16, I went to a youth conference called Called, uh, very like the book that we're reading. We're reading Calling by Gentron Gale. And if you read her other book, the one she wrote prior to that, Your Defining Moment, she tells about being at a conference. I'm like, man, we were twins. She was at a conference somewhere, and I was at a conference somewhere else, not knowing one another, but the same thing was going on where I knew a call to ministry. And I said, okay, 
all right. And he said, everybody calm down to the front. And again, something in me said, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I stepped back and said, I don't want to just be one of the mass. I guess I have a, a, an aversion to groupthink, so, <laughs> which is a good thing. So I stepped back and said, no, I'm not, I, I, need to, I need to do this right here in my seat and in my own way. And it was the first time in my life where I lifted my hands because we didn't do that in my church. <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. Your hands were on the hymnal, sharing with the person next to you. You did not, mm -mm, no, you did not. So at age 16, I'm, I'm hearing God calling me to ministry, and I, so I lifted my hands. That was my sign to him. First time in my life that I ever lifted my hands. And just doing this simple act, if you've never lifted your hands, <laughs> There'll come a time, if it hasn't already, where you'll sense on the inside, lift your hands, and you'll have a choice to make. <laughs> you'll have a choice to make, and underneath that choice is, is he, have you known his love? Is he that good? Have you known him to be everything that you need? And you'll sense it, you'll know, I'm supposed to lift my hands right now. And you have to make that choice on the inside, and that's another time where you're deciding, hey, everything I am, everything I do is gonna be for Jesus. So there, I did it again. There, I, oops, I did it again, right? <laughs> All right, age 20, I'm in college, going with this uh, group. We had, I was at a um, public state university in Ohio, Bowling Green State University about 20,000 students, and there were nine different Christian campus, or nine different Christian groups on campus that would meet, each of different flavors. You know what I'm saying, right? Because we're not like you, and you're not like us, so we were different flavors. <laughs> and I was in one flavor, and Joseph was in another flavor, and, but we happened to meet each other, um, I think probably around food, so that explains you, Mariah, how she likes food so much. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was around food or music, which explains all the kids, so I don't know. But uh, one of those things, and so we met one another, and I saw in him, even though he was a different flavor, I saw the same Jesus. What are you laughing at? You know what I'm talking about? Like I said, I didn't do this. <laughs> but he did, and all kinds of other things. <laughs> yeah. I didn't speak in tongues, he did. I didn't hang from tree limbs upside down, he did. I didn't jump through rain puddles, he did. He was so alive in Jesus, and, uh, and he still is, am I right? Like, Jesus is so alive that uh, even if he is a different flavor, you wanna know what this guy's about, <laughs> and that was me. And uh, so I, again, came to a place where I needed to make a choice. And that choice was, what am I going to do here? There's something about Jesus that I don't know, and it's represented in this person. What, am I going to go find out about that, or am I just going to stay over here? Remember earlier in worship where we said, hey, you can move forward to where God is calling you without fear because goodness and mercy are following you and surrounding you. So at this point, I knew at age 20 that God was calling me into a new place, and it was scary because my parents weren't there. My parents were holding hymnals. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, and I'm doing this. So things are changing for me. And I had to make that choice again and say, 
am I going forward with where God is leading me or am I going to stay right here? So I knew that I needed to make a choice again. So everything I do, I do for you. Another moment for me. At age 21, I had this gentleman come and tell me that we were going to be hooked. <laughs> and uh, I didn't know that. <laughs> but he, he was, had seen uh, by the Spirit of God um, what was coming down the road. And I didn't know anything about that. But guess what I did? I went to prayer. It was the first time in my life that I had three words drop immediately into my spirit. And I, I say these, I share these with you because these are markers in my life. And every one of us has these. Every one of us has these markers. And you need to be paying attention, like real close to these markers, because they are the places. You know how we'll be talking to them in. in <laughs> slow down. You know how we've been talking and calling about we press toward the mark, right? Uh, so not, we're not pressing toward the end to the prize. We're pressing toward the mark. These are all marks. These are all signposts in my life, and you have them too, where God was dealing with you, where you had to make some kind of decision, and I think it's always around this. Will you do it for me? Will you do it for me? Will you do that for me? And so I think it's always around, will you, will you trust me? Will you come where I'm leading you? And so here I am again. He says, hey, let's, we're going to get hooked. And I said, okay. That's not what he said. He, well, I won't tell you what he said, but anyway. We were getting married, and that's all I knew. And he wasn't messing around. So it wasn't just, let's, let's see. He was like, nope, this is how it's going to be. I've seen it. And I didn't know anything like that. He's calling things which be not as though they were. And I'm like, where is that scripture? <laughs> what? I know John 3.16. And also uh, Acts 10.38, the one about being baptized. <laughs> right? I don't know anything about calling things which be not as though they were. And here he's doing it. So I had to go to prayer. But it was the first time in my life. And see this? When you respond to where God is leading you, and I'm saying this to you moms especially, I mean this is for everybody, but I'm saying this to moms because we can get so accustomed to the routine, accustomed to, well, I don't do that, or, oh, that's just not me, I don't raise my hands, or, no, I don't go to Bible study groups, I, that's just not me, whatever it is for you, oh, I don't... I don't have a hobby or that's not for me. I, I, we can, if we're not careful, settle back into a routine and just determine that's who we are. But I believe until we see God face to face and we'll be like him, right? We'll, as, we'll be as him, we'll be like him when we see him face to face. That's what 1 John 3 says that all the way there are going to be these marks that lead us and get us ready for that. And we need to be expanding, ladies. We need to be, we like to think we know ourselves, and I want you to be aware, but there's more to you than what you understand right now. There's more to you than what you've accepted. There's a new version of you that you've not yet seen. And God is calling you to that. And I don't care what age you are. I don't care if you're 11 or 12 like I was. I don't care if you're 92 
which I can't, I'm looking forward to that. I was going to say I can't wait, but I, I do. I, yes, I'm excited. I have anticipation for that. I'm not dreading that. I have anticipation for that. Why? Because I know that God is going to be expanding me until the time. How can I stay like this, <laughs> right? And then expect all these 120 years to pass and I never, uh, never grow into the likeness of God. He's going to call us into new places, ladies. And just realize who you are now could look very different in a very short time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good news. It could look, you could look very different in a very short time when we say yes and we make the choice that everything we do, we do for Jesus. So uh, I got those three words. Those three words I know are from heaven because they happen too fast for me to think of them. I was like, boom. This is concerning praying about Joseph. And guess what? They're still true today. Those three words that God dropped in my heart as a college student are still active and still true and that's the way God's word is once he says it it's active and it's true and there's nothing that you can do to change it he has a call on your life he has a picture he has a plan for you he has a vision of you and he's molding us into that so don't resist it don't settle back into well I'm just not that I and I'm just going to say this I don't know why I'm saying this but I'm going to say it when I was a young girl, you might see me in my flowers today and, you know, my lipstick and painted nails and think, oh, she must have been a cute little Shirley Temple button when she was little. I was not. I was a tomboy. <laughs> I didn't want to wear flowered prints. There was a time in my life where I resist. I was like, no flowers. I didn't want that. And uh, I would have never imagined. I climbed trees. I was a firstborn, so my father raised me as a son. <laughs> I mowed the grass at age 10. Oh, you know, which is good. No self-propelled. I built chimneys with them when I was nine. Like, I was under the hood. Woo, climbing trees, hiking in the woods. Flower patterns is not what I wanted to wear. <laughs> But I'm just saying that it's, it's just a, a, a physical example of how different you can look or become when you follow Christ. I would have never imagined. But we follow him and we are formed and molded into the image and likeness of his son, the scripture says. Oh, how beautiful. Glory to God. And then, of course, having children. I want to talk about that just with us for a while when we decided we weren't ones who like whoops we're having the kids we 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 talked and we were like what do you think now is this good we were like okay so we waited for some time before we had mariah and uh but but the thing is is that we weren't like is this convenient for us that's not what we were talking about or does this fit our lifestyle? That's not what we were talking about. At the times that we were deciding, we were really, again, everything for Jesus. And when we had children, it wasn't to have a nice accessory to our marriage. <laughs> it wasn't because, you know how you need a purse with your, shoe, with your dress or, or shoes with your purse. It wasn't because kids go with a marriage. That's not why we had children. We had children because we knew that God's plan and purpose for us included children and would be worked through our children that whatever he wanted to do 
it would be multiplied and maximized through these kids as well as, and so we thank God, thank God um, that he, that we knew uh, the Lord, each of us, and then we could just come together and get right on the path and get right on the business of what God wanted to do in our lives. And so we see these kids up here serving today because it was our choice as parents to say, hey, whatever God you want, we're up for it. And so we felt kids were in our, our future, and so that's what we did. And uh, we see this, and I want to say this to you. Um, Psalms 127.3 says that children are the heritage of the Lord. And uh, just to speak to children today in the culture, I just want to say uh, that children are a heritage. Children are from God. Children and other, um, it's not up there. This is Psalm 127.3. Children and other um, translations, it says they're a gift. They are your reward. They are a blessing and they are your inheritance. It's very different from what we see in culture today. And I want to give an admonition, an exhortation, that when you see a child, that you equate them with reward, gift, blessing, inheritance. Wealth is available to you through your children. These are of the Lord. Very different from the culture. So I want to be sure that culture isn't slipping into us, that these are inconvenient, that these are a hassle, that these are trouble, that these are... Uh, no, and I want you to know if, if you have had that experience, if you have felt that, and I know there are many of us whose parents have spoken things over us, words of regret, and I want to cancel those right now with this truth from the scripture. You are not a hassle. You are not trouble. You are not a burden or an inconvenience. You are not unwanted. Man, you are not unwanted. God, <laughs> every child, every child, I don't care the circumstance or situation by which they enter the world, is wanted. God has a plan and a purpose for every one of you. And he is faithful to bring it about. And the scripture says that he who began a good work in you is faithful to bring it to completion. So for any of you who are sitting here saying, those words have been spoken over me, I want, I'm just, let's just pray right now. Let's just do that. Would you close your eyes with me? Father, we just thank you for your heart toward us, God, that you want us that you do not, are, you're not inconvenienced with us. Everything you've done, you've done because of us. You sent your son because you loved us. You saw something in us before we were ever even born that made you go to the extremes, to the lengths that you went to in sending your son. What love is greater than that one would lay down his life? 
for a friend. And we thank you, Father, that you have done just that. And for anyone in here right now that has been rejected by parents, that has felt dismissed, that has felt unwanted or insignificant, I cancel that in the name of Jesus. I cancel that in the name of Jesus. You are loved. You are significant. You are valuable. You are wanted. And you are important. Hallelujah. That's the heart of the Lord this morning. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. So other than deciding everything we do, we do for Jesus, the next thing that we did is we just accepted that we'll have grace for every task. We just said this is how it's going to be. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to be light and fun and a skip in the park, but we have grace from God for what we need, for the task at hand, for whatever we're facing. The Bible says, you'll never leave me or forsake me. If I have the God of the universe mighty in power, able to save and deliver. His arm is not short. It is mighty to save. If that's who I have with me at all times, then I have no fear that I know whatever I face that will have grace for the task. I have also the Holy Spirit. Joseph mentioned John 14. And girls, I don't know if you can catch this up on the computer for me. John 14, 26. I love this scripture about the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's coming. About the Holy Spirit, the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that I said to you. You have a constant teacher. You have a constant counselor. So when moms, you don't know what to do, the Holy Ghost knows what to do. All right? So when you, and we just need to, and I talked about this before when I've ministered, switch over to standby. Just, okay, switching over here to standby, where I've got this power of the Holy Spirit, a teacher, a counselor that's here, resident inside of me, given to me by God for this very purpose, to show me the things that are to come and to be my teacher and to be my counselor. So I zoom in away from the problem, and I look right here on the inside, and I begin to ask the Lord, what is it that we need to do? I have a resident counselor. I have a resident teacher on the inside. Hallelujah. You never have to worry about, uh, you, oh, we, we never worry about what we have, do we? We never worry about, like, uh, the things that we have. We always worry about the things that we fear we won't have. But I don't have to worry because I have everything that I need in my teacher and my counselor. Hallelujah. So, I, so fear, when I acknowledge God's grace, his provision in my life, it eliminates fear. Hallelujah. God, he's given me everything. He's given me a teacher. He's given me a counselor. He's given me his protection. He's given me his, his defense. He's given me his mind. He's given me his strength. He's given me his joy. He's given me my peace. His peace is mine. Well, if I just think about everything that I have... I don't, I don't have anything to think about. I don't lack anything anymore. I don't have anything to worry about. I don't have any fear. And uh, I'm going to read to you um, from 2 Corinthians 12. This is the, would you guys go there? This is the Weiss translation. I don't know if you have that back there. 2 Corinthians 12. Oh, God is so good. So good. He's so good. He's so good. He's so good. So we've decided that everything we're doing, we're doing for Jesus. We're brushing our teeth for Jesus. We're 
going to Vietnamese Thai restaurants for Jesus. <laughs> ah, we're doing all that we do for Jesus, and then we're accepting that we have grace for every task. If I believe that and accept it, I'm not without. Moms, you are not without. You are not without. You lack nothing. Hallelujah. I love that. I don't lack for anything. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. Do you have the least? No. Well, we'll read it here anyway. Jesus says to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Ladies, just give it up trying to tell everybody you got it all together because none of us do. All right? So let's just settle that and get it out of the way. None of us have it all together. And if you start thinking that somebody does, just, you know, cut it out because it's not true. <laughs> right? None of us have it all together. And praise God for that because it's in our weaknesses that, that God's grace is on display. Hallelujah. God's grace is on display. I like this in, uh, in the Weiss translation. I'm going to read it. This doesn't, let's see. Do, 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 do. He says, Jesus says, and he said to me, I like this, and his declaration still stands. I like that. So Jesus said it to Paul, and it's still true, just like whenever Jesus talked to me about, in prayer about Joseph and gave me those three words. It's still standing. It's still operating today. And this is for you this morning. He said it to Paul. He's saying it to us this morning. And his declaration still stands that my grace is enough for you. Listen to this, for power, God's power, is moment by moment coming to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. Do you see it? Do you have it? No, you don't have it. That's okay. I'm going to read it again then. So it says, he said to me, and he's saying to you, and his declaration is going to stand from here on out, because this is the word of God and it stands forever. This is for you ladies this morning. His grace is enough for you. You're, for his power is moment by moment coming to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. So I know the pressure to be the perfect lady. To have your hair just so, and have your makeup just so, and your eyebrows, and your eyelashes, and your nails. That we're so much about us that we could put a lot of fuss, fussiness about. All right, we got to work to do all of this stuff. But I want you to know this, that God's grace is enough. You don't have to strive. You don't have to uh, work yourself crazy taking care of all of this stuff. God's power is at work in you, and its full completion is happening moment by moment in the moments that you're not together. So <laughs> if you're not ready for a picture, just smile anyway and take the picture, all right? All right? So let's just let God's grace be on display in our lives. Let's not hide the grace of God trying to keep it all together. Let's just let the grace of God be on display in our lives. There's nothing to worry about. We're not lacking anything. Now, there's another lady uh, that I want to... Oh, not yet, I'm sorry. 
almost done here. Grace is sufficient for anything that I may face. So Paul is facing a physical, uh, uh, well, I'm sorry, he's facing a, a messenger from Satan is what he says. He identifies that this thing that just keeps bothering him is a messenger from Satan. He asks the Lord to take it away. I'm telling you here today that God says his grace is enough and that it will deliver even in those situations. So here, um, I want you to particularly talk about this. In the face of opposition, I want to go to a scripture in the Phillips translation. In the face of opposition, uh, there are people, ladies, and I, I did not expect this, and I guess I'm telling you this today, to share with you. I did not expect, I, I, was, I fully expected like, I was well-liked in high school, and I was well-liked in college, and I had family who liked me, and my life was pretty likable. <laughs> it was pretty uneventful, and it was very difficult for me to imagine that anyone would ever oppose me or come at, because, uh, because not only that, I'm caring for people. That's, like I said, that's our nature. We're caring. We're letting ourselves out. We're, we're giving, 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 giving. Why would anybody oppose me? It doesn't have anything to do with you. People, the enemy, will oppose you. And what to do in that situation is not to get backbitey, not to get gossipy, not to get revenge, <laughs> but to rely on the grace of God in that moment, ladies. Totally threw me back on my heels. Had no idea that I would... It just, you just don't expect it, but there will be people for the call of God in your life, for the things that are your gifts, will oppose you for whatever reason. So be prepared for that and take courage in this from um, 2 Timothy. I love this. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. And this is the Phillips translation, so... If they put it up there, it may not be the same. It says, the first time I had to defend myself, no one was on my side. They all deserted me. God forgive them, Paul says. Yet the Lord himself stood by me. Hallelujah. The Lord himself stood by me. And what did he do? He gave me the strength to proclaim the message clearly and fully. That's concerning Paul's purpose, right? But whatever your purpose is from Monday to Friday, God will give you the strength to do what you have to do, even in the face of opposition. So God gave me the strength. The Lord himself stood by me and gave me the strength to proclaim the message clearly and fully so that the Gentiles could hear it. He, so, so even in opposition, even when things are coming against him, the grace of God, the very presence of God stood beside him and defended for him and he got his job done. Hallelujah. He got his job done. Says, uh, and I was rescued from the lion's mouth. And here's what I'm going to say to you this morning with everything inside of me. I am sure the Lord will rescue me and rescue you from every evil plot and will keep you safe until you reach the heavenly kingdom. Hallelujah. 
So I'm saying this because, like I said, as women, we're sweet, we're demure, we, you know, try to keep ourselves all together, but there are some times when things will come against you in opposition, and you've got to know what I just said to you. The Lord stands beside you. The Lord stands beside you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He gives his strength to you. Hallelujah. He gives his strength to you, and I am sure that he will see you all the way through that your purpose will be fulfilled in him until the day of the kingdom. Now, when we get this together, there's one more thing. When we get this together, we're doing everything that we're doing for the Lord. I'm not even doing anything for me anymore. You know, I mean, there's such a thing about go, go have your, you know, I'm not saying don't go to the spa or don't go to the salon. I just did yesterday. Um, but those, I'm not doing, I'm not trying to grasp those or gain those for myself to satisfy something. I'm already satisfied, and those things are just rewards. Those are just part of the day. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm not finding any salvation or relief in these things. I have my salvation and my relief in the Lord, and these are just blessings and added benefits. Do you understand? So your salvation is not in the salon. Your salvation is not in the spa. It's in Jesus, okay? It's not in a glass of wine. It's not in a girl's night out. It's found in Jesus. Jesus. Okay? So I'm not saying I don't do things for myself. That's not what, get, get me here. Because everything is in, you get me? <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right, that's so good. But when we do that, we have everything, as everything that we need, everything direction that we have is found in him and then we're accepting the grace of God for whatever we face we're not like what's wrong with me why don't they like me well what can I do to change we're not like that either we accept the grace of God for it's available to us the Lord is standing with us and we will fulfill what we need to fulfill when we get these things together uh, nobody can really bother us anymore that's so good we're not worried about anything we're not offended we're not easily offended. Mariah is the hardest person in the world to offend, she told me this week. Yes, you can't offend her. I love it. And, we're, and that's how we talk at the house, yeah, and amongst ourselves. And Mariah's determined, I'm going to be the hardest person to offend. Hallelujah. Why? Because the love of God is so big. And I've received the grace of God for whatever comes, whatever opposition, whatever somebody may say, I've received the grace of God. Hallelujah. So when we get these things together, we're pretty much in agreement with what God has determined. And then we can start uh, securing, going and securing for others. So I want to look at one more lady. This is in the Weiss translation. This is Matthew chapter 15. One more lady and then we're out of here to go do what we just talked about, to walk in the strength and the grace of God, deciding everything for his glory and setting other people free. Hallelujah. So here's this lady. This is what some people call the Syrophoenician lady, the Canaanite lady. I'm going to read her story to you real quick. And having gone out from that place, this is Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Jesus withdrew into the country, and behold, a woman, a Canaanite from those regions, having come, cried out, saying, Have pity on me quickly, O sir, son of David. My daughter is badly demonized. She's not coming for herself. She's coming for someone else. All right? I love this. <laughs> but he did not answer her. Jesus didn't answer her a word. And his disciples, having come, kept on begging him, saying, Send her out of here. 
She's crying out after us, get her out of here. She just keeps following us and talking about her demonized daughter. But he answered and said, I was not sent on a mission except to the sheep and perishing ones that belong to the house of Israel. And, and having come to him now, she fell upon her knees and touched her forehead to the ground in profound reverence before him, saying, Sir, be helping me. But answering, he said, It's not a fitting thing to take the bread which belongs to the children and throw it to their little pet dogs. And she said, Yes. Indeed, it's not a fitting thing. She's agreeing with him. She's not easily offended, is she, Mariah? She's like, yeah, whatever you say, Jesus. I get you. <laughs> right, Amber? I get you. She's not arguing with him. She didn't go off crying. Oh, no. She, she, she's going after Jesus, and she's knowing that there's grace available for this situation. Not for herself, even. For her daughter, Okay, and she goes, yeah, indeed, sir, for also the little pet dogs are accustomed to eat from the little morsels which fall from the table of the master. Or some scripture says, yeah, but even the little dogs get the crumbs. So I love it. I love this. And um, answering Jesus said to her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that hour. I want you to know that when you get these things, um, you know, aligned, when we get aligned, our thinking aligned with what God wants, that, that his plans for us are good and for us to prosper, so why not get in line with him? He's a good, good father. Why not agree to do whatever he says, to go wherever he goes? We're not afraid. We can go. I love it. We're ready to do whatever you want to do, Lord. I'm not afraid. I'm not, well, I've lived here in Massachusetts. I, I can't go over there. No, whatever you want to do. Well, God, I don't do that. I'm just a housewife. I, I don't go out. No, 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 no. Whatever you want to do. Whatever you want to do. So this woman has uh, this in mind, and she knows there's a provision for her. She knows there's a provision for her daughter beyond herself. She knows there's a provision for her daughter. So she's got this in mind, and she goes after Jesus to secure something for someone else. Hallelujah. As moms, I don't ever want you to read this passage again and think, oh, that poor lady. Don't you ever, ever look at her as, oh, that poor lady. This lady is a lady who's out there sure of what she's going to get, so much so that when she's denied and when she's rejected, she comes back and says, oh, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just saying. Give me some crumbs. That's all I need, right? <laughs> I love that. I love, this is a strong woman. This is a great woman of faith, as Jesus called her. So don't ever, don't ever again look at this as some, you know, timid, shy lady who's coming. Well, you know, maybe could I just, just some crumbs? No, 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 no. She's sure of the provision that's available through Jesus, and she's going to acquire and secure something for someone else because she's so certain of it. So certain that you don't even have to, I don't even have to be your first priority. Even if I'm getting a secondary, it's going to be good enough. She knows the power of, of, of this Jesus. And I want you to know, she wasn't afraid of rejection, and neither are we, girls. All right? We are not afraid of rejection. Why? Because the Lord stands beside us. 
the Lord stands behind, beside us and behind us and in front of us and all around us, right? Surrounding what's surrounding me. Yeah. So we're not afraid of rejection. We're not afraid of opposition. We don't turn inward after that and say, well, what's wrong? What can I do for somebody to like me again? We're, no, 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 no. We're not afraid of opposition, and we're not afraid of rejection. We're so secure and certain in who God is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him, hallelujah, that we can go now and secure things for other people. We can operate in this authority now that has been given to us, that in the name of Jesus, every need met. Every need met. So for our daughters for our granddaughters, for our nieces, for our nephews, for our sons, our grandsons, we stand in a very, very important place where we, like this woman, because of what we're convinced of, we'll, we, we are certain and we go and acquire things for our, the children who we influence. And like I said, it doesn't have to be your own kids. Nieces, nephews, granddaughters, grandsons, neighbors. If you see a child, what do you equate them with? A gift, a reward, an inheritance. Amen. And then you acquire things for them. You go before the Lord and you say, I call upon you, Jesus, and I call these things into this person's life. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We're not afraid of rejection, girls. <laughs> no, because the Lord is with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Let's just pray. And I want you to have in mind your nieces, nephews, sons, daughters right now. And I want you to have in mind the things that you want to acquire for them. the things that you see that they require, you, by the authority of Jesus, can acquire from the Lord. Let's pray for our kids right now. Kids, where are you? Let's just, do you mind coming up here? And we're gonna pray for you. Mariah, would you come up here? Do you guys wanna come up here just for a minute? Little kids, uh, who else do I have? Come on, Giovanni, so good to see you. Hi, Isaiah. Come on up here, sweetie. You know I love you. Azzy, you want to come up, honey? I'm going to pray for you. Uh, where are my other kids? Come on, Grace. Come on up here. Uh, Dana, Esther. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.